You're listening to Your Marriage Aways, the wedding planning podcast. Hello and welcome to the Your Marriage Awaits Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm Nicole and I'm a wedding photographer based in beautiful Auckland, New Zealand. And nearly every day I'm speaking with couples and other vendors about weddings. And they're like hours on end kind of chats that you have with your girlfriend. And it got me thinking, why not record some of these conversations and help share the knowledge and experience that I have after nearly a decade in the industry. So this is where Your Marriage Awaits was born. It's a fun, relaxed, sometimes a little bit cheeky podcast uh, about planning the biggest day of your lives as a couple. So during the episodes, we'll discuss everything from sentimental ways to include family and friends on your big day to the horror stories from real weddings and how to avoid making the same mistakes. So today's episode is a little different to the other episodes coming up because it is just me. And there's a reason for that. We are talking budget and style, and it is so incredibly important to talk about before you even start planning your wedding. So in order to plan your wedding, you need to know these two things. What is our budget and what style of wedding are we going for? So we're going to start with style because this dictates your venue, um, the other elements of your day like styling, what dress or suit that you're going to choose, how you're going to dress your wedding party and how the stationery and wedding website is going to look. So knowing what style you're going for is going to kind of flow all the way through your planning journey, but also hopefully your guests will be able to see that right from the minute they get the invitation. So part two, after we've talked about style, will answer everyone's big question, how much money do I need to plan the wedding of my dreams? Okay, so let's jump into style. There are so many wedding styles out there, um, but we are only going to discuss the top six. So we've got traditional classic weddings, we've got modern, rustic, boho, garden and destination. So we're going to talk a little bit about what these styles look like so that you can start to envision what your day might look like and what style you might end up choosing for your wedding. So your traditional classic wedding um, is what you kind of think of when you think of a wedding. Yeah. So it will have a traditional ceremony. Maybe that is in a church. Um, Nowadays, a traditional wedding does not need to be in a church, but you will know that it is traditional because they have quite elegant stationery. It's a very soft color theme. Um, The the person is usually wearing a a pretty timeless wedding dress um, and they've got really elegant bridesmaids. So traditional and classic wedding venues are ones that are pretty timeless. Um, They usually have quite a soft colour palette in terms of uh, how they already looked. And then you're going to be kind of adding different elements by bringing in, for example, things like different heights of floral arrangements or subtle tones that are already in that venue and you're just bringing it out with uh, different florals or linens or napkins. Um, A lot of traditional and classic weddings will have full table settings so all of your plates and cutlery and glasses will already be on the table whereas something like what we'll talk about next the modern wedding we don't see that as often our next one we're going to talk about is that modern wedding so you probably know modern weddings from those see-through ghost chairs so if you see that 
they're more than likely they've planned a modern wedding. Um, this often is a wedding that is adapting to the latest trends. Yeah, so you might be seeing your wedding party in mismatched outfits, very simple stationery, very simple backdrops, and usually with a monochrome colour palette, a lot of those black and white weddings that you're seeing, whether it's in a wedding venue or in a marquee, you know, it's white flooring, it's it's white chairs, white linens, those, uh, sorry, white tablecloths, um, those ghost chairs, and then they're really bringing in that modern vibe with uh, greenery, and white florals. You often see with modern weddings those kind of minimalist furnishings. You've got kind of square straight edges, all kind of contemporary sofas and and chairs and tables to create an almost breakout space. Um, And they're really thinking about the guest experience. The next style of wedding is a rustic wedding. Um, These are very popular in New Zealand because we want to showcase the beauty of our natural surroundings. And by doing so, we don't really need to dress up the venue to something that it isn't. So people are really embracing rustic weddings by booking things like farmhouses, um, barns, You can kind of picture what a rustic wedding would look like, right? They use a lot of natural textures. Um, They may have a hand-tied bouquet. They use a lot of wooden elements in their signage. You know, you're not seeing the acrylic signs like you do in your modern weddings. These are all very natural um, textiles that occur. Um, Again, it's a very more, more of a casual dress code as opposed to some of the other ones we've talked about. But can I just add in here that rustic does not mean that you need to use burlap on everything. So you can have a stylish rustic wedding without it. Um, The next up is bohemian weddings. And these are sometimes get a bit of crossover with with the rustic and the boho style. Um, But boho weddings are typically more colourful than rustic weddings and they incorporate a little bit more of like vintage elements like ornate carpets and tapestries, um, dream catchers, flower crowns, things like that. So think like earthy tones with a natural base and then you're bringing in those different colour palettes through your accessories and your stylings. One really good way to think about boho weddings is by looking at their dresses first and then thinking hmm (laughs) would that work in a church hmm would that work in uh, a beach wedding you know you can kind of tell by the dress that that person is having a bohemian style wedding and by the suits as well because of the color and the fabric choice so you're kind of seeing more of those dark greens maybe a dark brown suit Um, maybe they've got a pattern to it Uh, in terms of dresses it's a very eerie lacy dress the brand Rudicine, where I purchased my wedding dress from, is very good at this boho style. If you're thinking of leaning towards that boho style, this is a really good place to start looking. Like I said before, flower crowns, um, vintage rugs. In terms of florals, they're usually less uh, structured, so it's perhaps a cascading bouquet or even just loose florals. So for this style of wedding, when you're thinking about a venue, you want to choose one that's deep in nature. So a friend's backyard or or a piece of land that's kind of far away from (laughs) civilization. Picture brown tent style receptions with festoon lightings and lots of cozy little breakout spaces with cushions and couches. You're really going for a playful, romantic, whimsical vibe, which of course will come across in all of the styling that you choose. 
The fifth one is a garden wedding. So I think the purpose of thinking about this style for your day, it's more than okay to combine garden and backyard weddings together. If your vision is for outdoor dining, flower-heavy design elements, and that breezy, relaxed feel to your day. When you're looking at a venue for a garden wedding, obviously you're going to choose one that has beautiful manicured gardens, or if you're having it in your own home, um, it is something where your guests will be able to fit, but also will be able to dine outdoors. To find the best outdoor wedding location, imagine a garden in the midst of green pastures, being called with really vibrant touches of colourful florals, almost like looking at a painting. Of course, an outdoor wedding ceremony and reception rely on a different set of elements and the weather is the, the biggest factor there, you know, so it's important to have a, a space that is both practical and beautiful. You do not want to get to your wedding day and go, well, we can't do anything we've planned because it's raining. When you are picturing a garden wedding, you, right from the get-go, you've got floral wedding invitations, you've got this beautiful garden bouquet, there are greenery centrepieces everywhere, really light, flowy bridesmaids' dresses, you know, your cake is probably a naked cake covered in edible flowers. It's a really heavy botanical-inspired details. I've seen this trend quite a bit with ice and freezing flowers into kind of the cubes or to the spheres. The opportunities are endless with a style of wedding because nature is leading your design. And lastly, number six is destination wedding. So this is something we are seeing more and more of as couples are choosing to explore their own country and go abroad and get married. And the different options that destination weddings offer obviously differ over season and time of the year. So, you know, there are so many businesses that are planning for destination weddings because they're quite admin heavy. If you can imagine planning your own family holidays, imagine now doing that for 25, 50, 100, 150 people. You know, it's it's usually quite a big deal. Um, we usually find that destination weddings are chosen by people who want to cut down their guest list, <laughs> which sounds awful, but it, I mean, it's a fantastic way to keep your numbers down because obviously people are committing financially to travel to where you are getting married. And it's really tricky to talk about what a destination wedding would look like because that would completely depend on on where you're getting married. But it is important to think about what's important to you uh, both as a couple and, yeah, really think about your guest numbers and the guest experience because they're going to be travelling a really long way to celebrate you so you want to make sure that they are feeling really well supported a beautiful touch that I've seen for destination weddings is like a welcome booklet or a welcome goodie bag where guests arrive at their accommodation and they get a bit of a plan for what the weekend is looking like or what the wedding day will look like um, some tips for for things that are nearby um, just really thinking about okay, yes, you might have gone and checked out this venue a couple of times and you know the area well, um, but this is the first time your guests are exploring it. So if you can give some of your favourite tips and really personalise that, it's a really beautiful touch. And I know that a lot of guests appreciate that. Okay, so to recap, your six top styles are traditional, classic, modern, 
rustic, boho, garden slash backyard, and destination. So if any of those jumped out to you while listening, awesome. Jot that down, do a little bit of research, see what it looks like. I have actually gone through on my Pinterest boards and pinned them in the categories of different styles. So you can go and have a look at the style that jumped out to you while listening and see if that really does match the vision that you have for your wedding day. So now that you have a good idea about the style that you may want for your wedding, you can start thinking about your budget. And budgets can be scary. So if you haven't created a budget that you've used before in your personal life, creating a budget with your person can be really daunting and overwhelming. And it can really quickly get out of hand financially if you aren't careful. So budgeting for a wedding obviously requires consideration (laughs) and planning. So things like the destination, the number of people, the type of food you want. Um, these can all take a massive toll on your budget. So thinking about those details that you are not wanting to let go of um, and then other things that you may be happy to will do you wonders. So thinking about them from the start is a really good place to be. So to ensure that you don't go overboard financially, you will want to create a wedding budget So a great resource is a wedding planning spreadsheet. If you've created your own, amazing. If you've never heard of this before, we are about to launch one in our online store over at yourmarriageawaits.com. You will want to rely on this throughout the whole planning process to make sure that you don't exceed your limits that you've set for each category. So when it comes to actually determining the budget for your wedding, I'm not going to tell you okay, you need to spend $100,000 on your wedding or you need to spend only $5,000. The actual final number is completely up to you. Okay, so I know you're probably thinking at this point, Nicole, just tell me how much I need to plan a wedding. And unfortunately, because there are so many different ways that you can celebrate, there is no number that I can give you that you can walk away with and go, okay, I'm planning my wedding for this amount. You know, you could get married at the registry and spend $1,000. You could do a pop-up wedding and spend $5,000. You could elope and spend $20,000. You could do an average New Zealand wedding and spend $60,000. Or you could have 400 guests and a three-day celebration and spend a million dollars. There is no right or wrong answer when it comes to budget. The right or wrong is determined by how much you can afford to spend. So before you start planning, you need to create an overall budget. And this should include you and your partner's savings, your monthly financial responsibilities, and how much you need to save for your wedding. So if you know how much you spend each week based on your paycheck and how much you can save, figure out by your wedding date, if you have set one, (laughs) or if you have an idea of when you might want to get married, how much you can save. Take 10% off that (laughs) because in New Zealand, we are known to go over budget by at least 10%. That is your budget. If you're lucky enough to have family members who are wanting to contribute towards your wedding, you need to have these conversations from the start. So asking how much 
uh, someone is willing to contribute toward your wedding, the thought of saying that out loud is making some people's stomachs churn right now, (laughs) mine included. But it is so important because if you do, you are now able to plan with that number in mind. Um, There are two important things here. If you are receiving money from a family member, you need to know when you'll be receiving that money and if there are any uh, requests, (laughs) I'll say, that come with that. So breaking that down, the first one, when will you receive it? If someone is willing to pledge a certain amount towards your wedding, amazing. You need to ask them when you can expect to receive that because it is very likely that you are about to start planning. You are going to need to book your vendors and they are going to require a deposit from you to secure that date. So if that family member is thinking, oh, I'll give you this money on your wedding day, that is not going to work out uh, unless you are able to budget for that and plan accordingly. And the second part was, does that come with any uh, requests? Are they giving you this money so that they can invite more of their friends or have a say in the menu or the location, etc.? So having those conversations right from the start, as awkward as they may be, is going to make your wedding planning 10,000 times easier. The second point, and probably equally as important as creating that overall budget, is establishing your non-negotiables. So sitting down with your partner and deciding what is most important to the both of you. And a really easy way to do this is to get some post-it notes and a pen. Both of you sit down and on each note, you're going to write one category that is most important to you. So that might be live music, great food, beautiful photos and your partner will do the same and then you will put them all down on the table if there are any that match up amazing awesome they go to the top of your priority list if there are some that don't match up maybe that's then your non-negotiable um and maybe that's their non-negotiable so once you've done this task, you are now able to see what your top priorities are and what your non-negotiables are. And then you'll be able to align your wants from the beginning to your budget. So rather than compromising later on because, oops, we actually both realised we wanted to have a live band and not a DJ, how are we going to find the money for that? You've already decided this from the start and you've made sacrifices in other areas for the things that are really important to you. As I mentioned before, creating a spreadsheet. So listing all of the expected costs in a spreadsheet um, is going to do you wonders. If you are planning a wedding for the first time, it is more than likely, unless you've recently planned a big event, that you don't really know kind of what the costs are for things like DJs and linen and hiring and florals, etc. So filling it in with estimates from quotes and different vendors will allow you to see where you need to adjust your spending because something might cost more than you think and something might cost less. So building on that, prepare for unexpected costs. So surprise costs and fees are more than bound to happen. As I mentioned before, New Zealanders, we spend about 10% more on our wedding than we've budgeted for. Um, So setting aside a small portion of your budget to help pay for those unexpected expenses um, will help you to stay within your limit. Again, using that spreadsheet to track your spending, as soon as you start 
started to book wedding vendors, tracking your spending. I want you to put in how much you were quoted, what you're getting for that, when your next payment is due and when your final payment is due. If there are multiple payments, you want to put those dates down and know when you're needing to pay that. It will very quickly become obvious if you are using a spreadsheet uh, for your budget, whether or not you are staying within that budget. So if if maybe you're not doing so well and you've booked in kind of your priority stuff and it's looking a bit, whoop, you're going to figure out what category you're able to cut costs in because obviously those high priority ones are the ones that you don't want to be cutting your cost in. So this next part is a bit about breaking down your budget. So we've talked about how to set a budget, what are the things to consider, who is contributing to that and how to keep track of it. But wedding costs consist of more than just getting married and feeding your guests. Um, There are lots of little things that perhaps people forget about. Um, They are not necessarily things that you have to do. For example, uh, you may gift your wedding party gifts in the morning of the wedding Uh, or your partner, (laughs) you may gift a gift. And so things like that uh, need to be listed down. And so you want to break down in your budget those priorities and those smaller expenses. And the first thing is determining your guest list. Obviously, how many people you have at your wedding will significantly affect the cost. Most venues are charging a per head. Um, And so if your list grows from 50 to 200, you are, of course, spending more on food, but you are then also spending more on invitations and drinks. So if you think about your wedding guests, you are not just there to feed them. That guest needs to sit at a table. They need to sit on a chair. They need cutlery. They need plates. They need linen. They need glasses. They may get a name plaque or (laughs) a gift. There are so many more things that go into determining your guest list than do I like this person. (laughs) So we will uh, talk a little bit more in later episodes about guest lists, but having a really good idea of immediate family from both sides who can actually come, especially if people are traveling from overseas, and then deciding together how many friends you would like to bring. Um, can be a really good way to start thinking about it. As I discussed before, thinking about those kind of smaller expenses, gifts, stationery, and other things you need to factor in, I have created a a huge list of all the other possible smaller expenses in the Your Marriage Awaits wedding planning spreadsheet um, and will also send out some checklists with those kind of smaller expenses if you join our mailing list, um, which you can do through the website. The next category is to remember that your guests are there and you are providing an experience. As much as this wedding is about you, you obviously care so much about the people that you have brought to your wedding. We want them to have the best time ever. So thinking about things like music and entertainment are all playing a huge role in making your wedding to come to life and being really memorable for your guests. So um, considering things like a first look so that you aren't leaving your guests for three hours while they have photos (laughs) can be uh, something that people really take on from the start. 
It's interesting. I like to think of weddings that I've been to and things that I didn't like about them. And that's usually easier than thinking of the things that you did like, which is awful, isn't it? But, you know, waiting a long time, maybe um, there wasn't enough food at the cocktail hour. And this meant that by the time speeches came around, everyone was just ready to eat. Um, All of the things that you've experienced at other weddings will help you to provide a better guest experience. All right, and my last tip when it comes to breaking down your expenses in your wedding budget, and it's not just because I'm a photographer, but do not skimp on photography if photography is important to you. So if you're not so fussed and you're just happy to marry the person that you love, go ahead and book that less experienced photographer. But the amount of couples that have come to me after their wedding day saying, oh my goodness, our photographer just didn't get the photos we wanted and we didn't feel comfortable and um, we missed out on all of these shots and we have redone their wedding photos is phenomenal. And it is the main discussion point on a lot of the wedding groups, uh, online forums. This is usually the um, couple's biggest regret in their wedding planning is that they didn't do enough research or look into their photographers and they chose someone based on price rather than on the value that they provide on their wedding day. So I'm not going to go any more into that because I could talk about it forever, but photos and videos are the best way to capture your special day in the long term. And if you value elaborate video and photo and that those vendors are going to get to know you and photograph you in a way that shows you as you, add more to your budget and make it happen. So to create a budget without feeling like you have to sacrifice, it's suggested to set up some ground rules. So doing this now is going to avoid those extra budget blowouts, which are really easy to come across when you're creating something unique and special to you two as a couple. So to wrap up this episode, my four top rules include, number one, pick the categories that are most important to you. Think about what you want, compare with your partner and prioritise those. You know, you can now direct your budget to this top thing and cut back in other areas that don't mean as much to the both of you. Second, Decide early on who will influence your decisions and stick to those people. If it's just you and your partner, then don't stray from that. If you want your parents' input or maybe help from a close friend, then decide on that up front. The less ideas and influences you have, the less likely you're going to be to overspend. Number three, included in who will influence your decisions is asking those family members early on if they're wanting to contribute to your wedding. Um, Again, I know this is awkward, but really knowing from the start what number you have to work for is going to save a lot of stress. Bonus tip, the lovely Danielle from Oh Such Style, she's a wedding planner and a stylist, her episode's coming up and she shared a great tip with me and this was to give your family members something to plan that you aren't super keen on organising, you know, it's not at the top of your priority list because it allows them to feel like they have some input and control over your day, but you're still directing them as how you envision that going. So an example of this is you might ask your mother-in-law to organise a 
gelato cart. <laughs> okay, so you've given a specific thing that you want, gelato, but you're more than happy to hand over the reins as to who who provides that, uh, for how long, you know, then she feels like she's got something to do that's really important, but actually you're ticking a thing off your to-do list that isn't incredibly uh, high on your priority list. And number four, if your wedding album and imagery is important to you, book your photographer as one of your first vendors. As soon as you know your wedding date, reach out. You know, we book one to two years out. So you don't want to wait if you've got a dream vendor in mind. Like if you have a photographer that you've been following forever and you love their work, as soon as you know your date, reach out. You know, wedding photos are something that you'll look at and enjoy for the rest of your life. And hopefully they will become your family heirlooms and you know many couples decide this is an area that they don't want to sacrifice all right so I hope you aren't too overwhelmed that was a really really information heavy episode we talked about style how to choose what style you like and that's by going through those Pinterest boards looking at the pictures what's resonating with the both of you and then talking about budget how to create a budget, how to come up with a budget, and then how to allocate things within that budget. So I wanted to wrap up this episode by telling you that I have a really handy resource which breaks down the percentage of your overall budget based on real couple spending habits for their own weddings. And this is something that's available to those on our mailing list and you will receive that as an email and a blog post. So there'll be heaps more information on there. So be sure to head to yourmarriageawaits.com to join the mailing list and gain access to these resources throughout your planning journey. You can also follow us on Your Marriage Awaits at Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Again, the different styles of weddings with visuals are all broken down into folders on my Pinterest page at Your Marriage Awaits. So jump on there if you're still choosing your style and need some inspiration. Thank you so much for listening. As we're just starting out, your follows, likes, subscribes, and ratings mean that we can continue to create more content for you. So please consider leaving a review on your podcast app and over on Google. It would mean the world to me. Thanks for listening and happy planning.